Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fishing Game Podcast. you got your host here, Justin Townsend, and we are recording an episode ad hoc tonight. Uh, no set conversation point. We are just catching up. Uh, the summer's been busy for all of us. We've been all over the U.S. doing various trips or traveling, some for work, some for pleasure, some for family, some for, I don't know, just to do it. Uh, but either way, uh, we're going to be here uh, for the next little bit chatting, so enjoy our banter <laughs> colin what have you been up to uh hey everyone i'm colin and uh <laughs> you know i've just been exploring the outdoors in uh in in oregon here i've been going going on a bunch of hikes i'll talk about some of the stuff that i've come across on my hikes uh later in the show um and then uh trying to get after some invasive species i think i talked about it last time uh, last time I was on the show, and I'll give a little bit of recap and some updates. You can call it learning as I grow in my invasive species control methods. And, uh, yeah, so it was a fun discussion, so I uh, hope people enjoy it. Corey, what do you got? So uh, in my area, we had a case of CWD. What? Yeah. So I I it was at a captive cervid farm. So a deer farm. They had trophy bucks, and they had they killed killed every one of them and tested each one, and it was just the one deer that tested positive. But it's only like you know fifteen miles, not even fifteen miles from my my house. But they made the whole upper section of the county a disease management area. So, have some questions on how I'm going to handle my my deer if I get if I get any in this area. I did open up some opportunities though. The Pennsylvania Game Commission um, designated this I for I forget how many square miles as a disease management area, but within that they created a DMAP area where they're issuing additional doe tags. So I I got one of those. So I have expanded my hunting opportunities. I just have to figure out how I'm going to handle the meat if I get something. And they're they're going to provide testing sites. I just got to do some research, figure out where I need to go and what I need to do. And then I'm I'm definitely going to wait 
you know, having a wife and three kids that all eat it, I'm definitely going to have it tested before we we consume any. Uh, because I I don't want to be the first, you know. Hey, you're the first one that had ever did that to patient <laughs> yeah, zero. <laughs> so I don't want to be, you know, with my luck, that's me. So We're, I'm going to take precautions. Here we have the Sly family in Pennsylvania that are yeah, the our, case study uh, carriers yeah. now. Uh, thank you, everyone. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it, it always brings up some interesting questions. We had uh, last year. AJ's dad shot his mule deer uh, in the area in Wyoming we were hunting at is a CWD area and uh, I don't know if they had a I forget if it was mild case or, or what it was but um, or mild area I forget but uh, we had it tested uh, we had the opportunity like the biologist was just there where we were at and we we're like hey test this and he showed me I think there were some pictures we posted on the on the um, on Instagram uh, of oh yeah, I was with them. That was like last October. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's cool to watch them do it uh, to do the test because they get the like thyroids basically at the very very back of the the skull. Uh, so you had to like cut it at the base, uh, then peel it back, and then get cut them out uh, basically behind the jaw uh, is where they like to test them at. Yeah, what what um, I think what Pennsylvania is going to do I think is a lot like what like. I see Wisconsin has done like Doug Duran posts about it is the, the big dumpsters. So you like double bag the head and throw the head in the dumpster with your information and they'll test it and get back to you. So I, I, I will, I oh, will wow. get the opportunity to watch a biologist do it or anything like that. It's just basically a throw, throw it in a collection container and, wait for results however long that takes and, um yeah not sure i know um i know there's some mandatory testing areas here in colorado so I'm, i gotta navigate that this year too um i definitely don't think i would be consuming it either it's such a oh man it's a hard thing to think about what if you had one steak it was in a pack, and it like fell into a bag of others, and you cooked it, and then you didn't realize until you were cleaning up after dinner that that pack was marked from that deer that you were waiting test results to get back. I guess there's nothing I can do at that point. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I, I've been slacking. I've been slacking recently. <laughs> uh, like oh. last night, I was like, "Justin, Jeff just left. We got to clean up. You're gonna have to edit this week." And I waited until the last minute to tell. Oh him yeah. That. Oh yeah. Gotta, I wanted to ask about that. How yeah, was yeah. That? Hold on. You gotta. You gotta tell us. You gotta tell us the whole story of yeah. how Jeff made it to your house. Talk about Jeff Benda, right? Jeff wild Benda. Game, yep. Wild, wild fishing game. Wild game and fish. Crack. Crack name. Yeah, crack name for an Instagram profile, really. But uh, yeah, so he really uh, capitalized on that. He did. Go ahead, Corey. So his wife's family is having a wedding in Pittsburgh, and so they flew into Pittsburgh at the beginning of the week, and they wanted to check out Niagara Falls, and then after Niagara Falls. Um, Heading back down to Pittsburgh, they want to stop in the Allegheny National Forest. And we're actually right smack dab on the way in the middle between Pittsburgh and Niagara Falls. So he asked me, he, like, what is there to do in the National Forest and everything? So we got the dog. I was like, yeah, you need to check out this place and that place. And they have a good campground here. And I was like, man, if you're there, you know, you're not too far from my house. You should stop by if you have time so 
we planned it where he would stop by on um, on an evening and that's what he did he and his wife and his daughter stopped and he brought antelope um, top round and bottom round and we uh, put that on the pellet grill and I marinated venison top round and we uh, put made that into kebabs with like portobello mushrooms and peppers and onions and put that on the pellet grill and that and he did he used a um, a jacquard I think I'm pronouncing that right jacquard jacquard meat tenderizer so it's like a bunch of needles and you just press into it so the antelope was super tender oh, yeah hmm. like made it to a nice huh. medium rare and and I mean it, it was like melt in your mouth first time I ever had antelope and we made it. So up. you ready to come to Wyoming? Yeah, that's like <laughs> my my wife really liked it too, and my son was like, "Dad, you need to go hunting for antelope." I was like, "Yes, you you are correct. I need to go do that." Thirty dollar tag, man. Thirty dollars for out of state doe tag. Nice. How long's the season? Um, it there's there's two seasons. It's either the first part of October or the second part of October. Um, All right. It's right when my my deer season starts up here, which are I'm going to need all the available time I can get if I'm going to take one of those. Yeah, we have. Um, what was that? I think September 1st antelope archery begins here, and I think antelope or archery elk as well, and bear. Nice. Pretty right. much September. September it begins, and then October. Sorry, did I say September before or October? October. Yeah, October. So, and October starts matching with the rifle seasons here and stuff. Right on. But yeah, so sorry, Corey, I interrupted you. Yeah, but we—I mean, we had that. The kids, my—I think all three of my kids ate the antelope and enjoyed it. And I, I made a little charcuterie board. We—I had goose pastrami, venison pepperoni. Ooh. Um, some venison Ooh. hot cheese sticks and uh, there's a not too far from here a place makes cheese it's called Cuba Cheese in Cuba, New York and um, so we uh, had I was about to say Cuba the country? no, Cuba, <laughs> Cuba, New York so we had like this really good mozzarella and cheddar cheese oh. and then like a bacon cheddar cheese spread and um, mm. toasted baguette and some townhouse crackers and club crackers. It was it was a nice spread. We enjoyed that. I'm, I think yeah, he, man, they ended sounds... up because his daughter was, same, was about the same age as my kids so they got along really well and they were here for like four hours. It was nice. So Nice. That's really good to hear. It's I was really, really happy awesome. to see that picture. Yeah. Yeah, it, me too. I'm glad you guys. He he came it. to Pennsylvania like it's it's been raining nonstop for like a week and a half, and so like all the rivers and streams are all high and muddy. So he wanted to go fishing and or floating in the canoe with the family and um can't do that. Everything's high and muddy, but and it it was thunder and lightning as we're cooking out. He has a he has. I have to send you the picture. Um. He's holding an umbrella over me as I'm, I'm grilling on the pellet grill because it's <laughs> pouring down rain. But yeah, it was a good time. It was. That's teamwork. Right. Yep. Yeah. But so. Yeah, it was nice. Nice to to meet him. I've never even met you in person, Justin. We we were talking about that. It's true. I haven't met you, Corey. Yeah. So. Nobody wants to come to PA. Well, uh. Yeah, and that's not true. I'm coming out this winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to. We'll have to make. You that, told me you sure were coming happens. to Colorado this year, but but then you changed it. Well, we were going to go to Colorado last year, but COVID. Yeah. Well, then you said this year maybe. maybe we yeah. Maybe well, we trying. wanted to take a vacation with the kids this year, so so we switched that up and did a kid friendly vacation, but maybe next year. I'm still pushing because I want to. Next year, we had a fly fishing trip. I mean, 
scheduled. I want to, I want to catch some cutthroat. Mm. Oh yeah, I was just fishing. Fourth uh, of July weekend, we were fishing up at a lake, uh, Montgomery Reservoir, up by Breckenridge, and there's a native cutthroat in there. Did you catch any? No, I did not catch any cutthroat trout. We caught uh, one brown trout and four rainbows. Nice. Um, which we kept the uh, the rainbows. I took two, and we made trout minier. I think Colin, I, I talked about this uh, on the on the last episode, but um, yeah, can you describe it again? Yeah, so trout minier. You basically like you you gut the trout, um, you gill it. So I basically instead of just gilling it only, uh, I took its entire head off and just had the the meat of the fish. So not filleted, still bone on, and you dust it in flour, uh, season it with salt and pepper, dust it with flour, and then you like knock the flour off to make sure there's none like extra, and then you melt clarified butter in a pan, and you basically fry it um, in that pan, and then uh, from there you... Uh, take that butter out and then put some more butter back in and then put parsley and lemon juice in there to make your sauce and then you pour that over the top of the trout it was yeah it was really good Zoe ate it Uh, my daughter ate it Uh, she's normally not a a fish on the bone type girl but uh, she she ate that one pretty well and then um we have the other three, no, nice. the other two. So we have one more rainbow and one more brown trout, which I'm saving. But I'm actually going to post that recipe up on, on Harvesting Nature here pretty soon on the website. Oh, yeah. We need to post so, that um, bear, bear Dominican mm-hmm. pepper steaks. Yeah, I was, just, I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, actually, uh, that, that would be a good one to post here soon, um, probably when fall fall bear or in a week or so or two weeks or three i don't know um what about that that article about the oregon um wow a lot of attention oh yeah that got some traction for sure um yeah and i think rightfully so i mean i'll be i'd like to put it out there to, to everyone that we're not in the business of trying to cause like divide or anything or like, so discord or, you know, have the clickbaity articles yeah. and everything. But, uh, I mean, it was surely an attention grabbing headline. Um, I mean, the, there are people in Oregon who want to outlaw and it's getting signatures too, but they want to outlaw the, all the exemptions to the animal cruelty laws in Oregon, which allow for hunting, trapping, um, husbandry practices basically you can't touch an animal if it's going to har- har- harm or hurt the animal um, what, what was it uh, I um, proposition what uh, like 13 IP initial oh, there it is yes on ip.org initial proposition yeah right? so I think I think it's it's due we should explain uh, exactly what the proposition initial proposition process is you mean like like how a bill becomes a law, like the schoolhouse <laughs> rock stuff? Or <laughs> you gotta sing it? No, as far as like this particular case in Oregon, oh. because like to get a proposition, they have to get a thousand signatures, and then uh, once they get the thousand signatures, then it becomes a an initial proposition. Then they have yeah. to get a hundred thousand signatures 100, in order for it to go on the ballot of 2022's election uh to be voted by the majority uh, or by the population as a bill right and i don't correct does it does their website have the current signature count no because they um when when i wrote the article i was a little bit late i was trying to catch it right before it went so the I think the cutoff period may have been like the 10th or 11th of July that they needed the signatures by, and I was trying to catch it on that day, and uh, I just kind of slipped up and didn't catch it in time. But uh, Uh so they pulled they pulled the the 
signature area down uh, so they can be counted uh, for the official count. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's not like it's not happening. It's not happening, happening. It's just there's a movement within Oregon that's trying to do it. And I think maybe some of that got lost in the the article title where that it was like definitely happening. Um, but yeah, just to clear some of that. But I mean, looking at the bill itself, like I, I just wanted to put out out there for like conversation and awareness, what I think was my main piece with putting it out there, you know, granted, yes, I know it's going to garner attention, but I obviously yeah. write things so people read it. Um, yeah, we're not going to, but write it, it's bland stuff. <laughs> no, well, they're like, oh, look at those guys at Harvesting Nature. Such mediocre writing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I explained exactly what it was, and I, I pointed out some points that I thought that were interesting, like the uh, the ability of the, the organization behind the bill to just sort of like, oh, yeah, this attack. They're basically like it's an attack on hunting and fishing and trapping and agriculture, animal agriculture. And right. what stood out a lot about reading the FAQs, they're like, Oregon's this great agriculture state and we don't need meat agri- or animal agriculture because we have all these other great agriculture outlets. And on top of that, we predict that without animal agriculture the system will just figure itself out and everybody will start growing meat substitute products that are equitable and protein value and it'll sort of work itself out is yeah. is the way that i i read into their section and i was like wow it's a bold statement um, yeah it's a it's a very egregious assumption i think cuz meat will just come from somewhere else but I, I also think too, like the the agriculture industry nationwide, and even at the state level, like being as strong as it is, um, would never would never let this this proposal no, become a bill so. or this bill become a law. Like, meh. And I think we said that a couple times in in our in the comments on our Instagram is like trying to, oh, get, yeah. to see people getting riled up and. <laughs> You're just trying to put it down. Like, oh, we don't think it's going anywhere. We just wanted to put it out there. This is happening. Uh, yeah, I, there are way too many farmers and hunters in Oregon to let that, even if it does come up for election in the in a vote, I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah, I mean, when, when you talk about animal cruelty, like, no one's for animal cruelty. Um, right. Yeah, well, I guess I won't say no one. There's probably people for animal cruelty, but I don't know of any personally. Um, <laughs> They're not held in high regard. No. Um, so, but there there are people that are against animal cruelty. But when you start talking about um, when you start talking about agriculture practices that are humane, or you know, hunting and angling in a humane manner for food, not for trophy hunting, all this, like you get into all these conversations and it's like, the more you have the conversations, the more people are like, Oh yeah, that, okay. I'm okay with that. Like, that seems good. And then when you have a very opposite side of the spectrum bill like this, that's like, Nope, (laughs) all of it gone punishable by losing your left hand. And, uh, I, I think it's, it's a, it's a bit extreme, but I think the important takeaway is that, as those people who enjoy the outdoors and enjoy hunting and fishing and eating animal products through uh, the wild or through agriculture raised means like we should keep an eye on this and watch and and do our part to to make sure that we're kind of challenging these thoughts because these are how uh, misconceptions like that turn into uneducated movements those yep. uneducated movements definitely like kind of threaten what what we'd love to do. Yeah. Right, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> no, no, I think you're spot on with that. But some of the comments cracked me up, though. I will tell you that. <laughs> if any of the people who commented are listening, uh, we do appreciate it because it kept the conversation going for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. So when we first got on, you guys were talking about your, your hunting season, but what have you guys been doing outdoor wise? 
Corey, you go first. We've been talking a bunch. This time of year, I typically do a lot of smallmouth fishing, but it's rained so much, and the creeks are just blown out. I haven't, I haven't been able to do that. We went, took the kids to the a farm pond up the road and catching some pretty big bluegill, which was fun. Um, you know, couldn't keep a line in the water for the first half hour, 45 minutes. It just kept getting getting crushed by those bluegill and they're not they weren't small either they were you know nice nine inch dinner plate size bluegill but i love bluegill it's a it's a real small farm pond we didn't keep any we we tossed them back i didn't want to take the farmer's fish but that's fair trying to yeah. I, I have a question yes i have a question um, you're competing in the uh, Go Wild Bass Tournament. I I was yeah. I think it's officially over. Is it? Did you win? No, 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 not even close. Didn't didn't last. So didn't last year you you came in like you placed didn't you last year or something? No, 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 no. I think I I had yeah. a better chance last year if I took it more seriously. But so they it's it's um it's kind of on the honor system, but they do have ways to to kind of keep you honest. Um so you you catch either it's only smallmouth or largemouth bass. And um you they when you register f- when you registered for the tournament, they sent you an email with like a uh, a logo for the the tournament so you have to print that out and then each time you catch a fish you take a picture of it on like a bump board or I just used you can't use a tape measure you can't use anything flexible so I had like a carpenter's ruler you know one that like you fold you can fold up mm-hmm. and um, you take a picture of that on the on the bump board or measuring stick with that logo in the background and you log that as a trophy on go wild and then you accumulate total inches and that's that's how you know that's how they keep track of who's winning his inches and uh i think last year i had like four or five fish you know average you know maybe like 40 inches of fish this year i might might have had 80 inches but uh do you know what the first place yeah, I'll pull up the I'll pull up the the announcement of who won. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Huh. So only do the smallmouth bass and the largemouth bass compete in the same like categories? It's just a general category. Well, see that this year it seemed to be that way. It was like it didn't matter if it was a largemouth or a smallmouth at all. It was like um together. Last year it was smallmouth or largemouth. So you kind of had two different, and I I thought I would have a good chance because I, you know, it seemed like a lot of people were doing a lot more people were doing the largemouth, and I was I had a couple nice smallmouth to start, and then like I don't know what happened I I don't know if we went on vacation or or what happened I couldn't go fishing as much as I wanted to and like after the first week I I kind of gave up, but so this year. I think I had about 80 inches of fish. Do you want to take a guess at the winner, the grand prize total? Mm, 3,214. Uh, it's 2,037. 2,037 wow, and then it, it dropped considerably after that down to 719 696 508 were the top five so someone was out there getting after it pretty regularly if they had to get that much yeah i mean what's I, the, the, average the guy size that came in bass? second we were yeah yeah the the guy that that came in second um we were actually talking on you know one on one of my entries he um Cause I, you know, so yeah, you're another 10 inch bass at, 
add to my total. I'll never catch his name's Jim Litwin. I'll never catch Jim. And uh, he oh, said like it was fish all. You know he had a he has a full time job, so he's like as soon as he got home from work, he went fishing and fished until he went to bed and did that every day. And he's like it kind of took the fun out of fishing. So, but I guess that's what you got to oh, do yeah. to get seventeen hundred inches of fish. Yeah, but Jeez. they have some good prizes too, and like they had a weekly winner if you had the biggest fish of the week. Um, you you had a, you got um like a hat and a shirt and some lures and and stuff like that, and so I was kind of hoping for that because I've I've caught some nice I've caught some nice smallmouth in the in the stream by the house that you know push that twenty inch mark. Yeah, and I thought maybe I can I can get you know in as a weekly winner um but i never i think my biggest fish was 14 but so most yeah. of the, most of the weekly winners were between 20 and 22 inches but it was fun and, and you don't want it to feel like a chore either like you got to go do it just you know yeah although i i don't do enough to make it a chore but like yeah i i, I mean if you're if you're trying to get like the 2000 inches or yeah, whatever yeah you know, they're, like yeah, it's kind of uh, I I can see where that guy's coming from. Where he's like, yeah, it kind of took the fun out of it. So, yeah, I would wait until the kids were in bed, and I'd have you know an hour, hour and a half to fish before it got too dark. What time of year is the uh, bass fishing contest at? Is it in the winter or summer, spring? So it was. It just finished up. Okay. Yeah, it just ended this this past weekend. So it start. It's four le- weeks long. It started the second half of June. And ended uh, the first half of July. Right. So went through the first half. So was of July. it pretty buggy? So it you said weeks. you were going out like right before the sun, right before it got too dark. Was it pretty buggy out and stuff? You getting eaten alive? I know my parents were in Central PA. They were. It was pretty hot there the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't terrible. Nothing out of the ordinary. Right. Did you get any cicadas up by you? No, we're too far north. All right. Oh man, I want to hear this story about the cicadas. What, like the the background on them, or? All, all of it. I mean, you you had planned to consume. Oh yeah, these there there was a twist in that, uh, a insects. fascinating biological twist. Um, which so let's start start at the beginning. Start at so the beginning. So this was. I mean, they're like long gone now. I think I don't think they're around anymore. Um, they're only out for a few weeks, but it's brood ten, also called brood X, because of the Roman numeral. Uh, these are seventeen year cicadas, so they come out every seventeen years. Uh, they hatch. They're everywhere. There's like literally billions of them. They start around um, like Chesapeake Bay area, so like Virginia, Delaware, Maryland. Uh, that's kind of where they come out. I think the Carolinas too get them, like North Carolina. Uh, so as it gets warmer and it gets warmer farther north, and they start moving farther north too. So like the southern half, southern half and eastern portion of Pennsylvania get these cicadas like the they get cicadas every year but this particular brood they also get um so yeah i think it was let's see i went home at the end of may um and i went i went birding with my parents and everything and this one spot we went to we went birding to so they weren't at my parents house but we went birding maybe an hour away um and they were all over the place so it was weird how they hadn't been to my parents house yet but they were you know just less than an hour away they were all over the place um, so they come out, they lay eggs all up in the trees, they crawl everywhere, they burrow these holes, uh, and then whatever comes out, they just die, and then they're gone. But they leave, like, these, uh, like, there are molts everywhere, so it's, you see, like, these ghosts of them, they have, like, these brown shells. Uh, it's pretty, like, creepy looking if you don't know what you're looking at, but, uh, otherwise, it's, it's pretty cool to watch. You can watch them, like, literally come out of their shells. Um... Yeah, so they lay eggs, and then it'll be another 17 years before they come out again. But there are different broods. So there are broods that come out, like, every year, every three years. I think there's one every 10 years. I was going to say, I I mean, I remember collecting those little exoskeletons when I was a kid. Yeah, there are some that come out every year, and then occasionally it's, like, the 17-year one is a particularly big brood by itself. The last time I saw them was in 2000 and, well, yeah, 2004. And uh, it would have, I think that year was also another big brood, like they lined up, um, which is pretty neat because there was like two giant broods 
that were you know, joining forces. Um, so they're pretty neat. But uh, I, yeah, I collected a bunch of them. Would Would you say that? Would you say that they were broad broods? Broad, broad. Yeah, they were they were broad broods. Yeah. Uh, so good one, Justin. Uh, so I had I had heard about but um <laughs> heard about being able to cook them um, if you're brave enough if you're up for it. And they, people have called them the shrimp, like shrimp of the land, land shrimp. Supposedly they kind of taste similar, but you got to catch them when they're just molted. So they, when they just molt, they're white. Uh, they're like pure white with these red eyes. They're the creepiest looking things you'll ever see. And they're squishy. Um, but over the course, <laughs> so I did that. I collected, I'd say probably 15 of them. Um, I put them in a little baggie that I had. I left a little bit of air in there so they could breathe. But the way that they, their shells their carapace hardens is over the course of like a few hours, they secrete this black oil. It's actually, if you've ever picked up a grasshopper and it leaves like this black stuff on you, it's the same stuff. But cicadas use that to harden their shells. So I could actually see it when I had had them in this bag. They were like oozing this black grease everywhere and getting like they were, their carapace was hardening at the same time. So like after her, I think it was probably like three hours. They were like I couldn't do anything with them. They were they wouldn't have been good. They weren't they weren't prime cicada ripeness. Uh, they were too ripe. <laughs> so um, we didn't just waste them. I, my parents have a, a lizard at home, so we froze them, and then uh, every once in a while they'll take some out and and uh, feed the gecko. And that's he gets a little treat that way. Oh, that's cool. But no, I did not. I did not get a chance to saute them up and enjoy this delicacy of the Mid Atlantic. Mm. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. Uh. Well, I guess you have to wait another seventeen years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it'll be like the other broods out and stuff. But uh, they do make a really. Oh, so it's any. It's. It's any brood, not just right. this. This one was brood. just popular because it's the big brood. It's like the real famous one. Um, that's why the broad brood, the, broad, the broadest of the broods. Uh, <laughs> that's why this one was gaining a lot of attention. Um, but if you do go to the Harvesting Nature page, go back a while until like late May, early June. Yeah, it would have been early June. There is a video that I put up of uh, where we found them. And you can hear them, and it is the weirdest sound. It's like this alien, like drone going on. If you could, if you could describe it, if you could imitate um, it, I don't know if I can imitate it. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass myself like that. Yeah, there's definitely can't. Imitate, I'm not going to do yeah. that to myself. Uh, it sounds like some, like some of the alien sounds out of uh, Independence Day. You know when they're like doing the mind control thing, the original one. Mm-hmm. Never seen Independence Day. I, I don't remember what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing that. This isn't for you, Justin. This is for our listeners. So, if you remember what the aliens sounded like when they're doing the whole mind control thing, it's like a buzzing. Yeah, it's like a high pitched buzzing. It's it's weird. Was it like a ee or like a ee? Yeah, that was it. Do that again, Justin. That was it. Yeah. (laughs) The ee. That's it. Yeah, kind of. Call it a nice E sharp. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know music, so. I just made that up. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that that's the cicada story. But, well, I did um, in other right. like nature news. I stumbled across a lobster mushroom uh, last week when I was out hiking, which is a nice surprise. Uh, I took that home and cooked it up. Still here, so I think I'm all good. But it was very tasty. Yeah, <laughs> sauteed it some. It was did you ask? Did you ask? Did you confirm the identity of this mushroom? Uh, on I have Facebook? this app actually. Uh, <laughs> it's from iNaturalist. It's called Seek. Yeah, Even and that's it. It was a lobster mushroom. Um, and then I sent it to a guy I work with, who's a a, a hobby mycologist. He's into mushrooming, uh, and he said, "Yeah, it's a lobster. I guess they're pretty unmistakable." Um, so yeah, I cleaned it up, cut it up, and uh, sautéed it. It was pretty good. Didn't really taste like a lobster, hmm. but uh, yeah, it was it was good. It's like it's like an earthy mushroom. Does it look Does it look like a lobster? Like the color of it, or yeah, that's that's kind of where it gets its name. Its color and the shape. So 
it's actually not the fungus itself. It's a parasite fungus that attaches to certain other mushrooms. So when it does that, mm. it turns the shape of that mushroom that it attaches to, it turns it red or like a, like a lobster red color. But then the mushroom that it attaches to, now it looks kind of like a lobster claw. So that's where it gets its name from. Some people say it tastes like lobster, but that's up for debate. It definitely tasted like a mushroom. So yeah, that, that was pretty neat. I, so I, I joined uh, a couple foraging groups out here. Uh, have yet to go out and forage, although I'm 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 hearing that the spruce uh, has the like little tips you can take right now, oh. and that uh, I just saw somebody posted in the group that uh, the wild strawberries are now growing in Colorado. Yep. The uh, blackberries so, and um, raspberry bushes are starting to get berries right now, which is nice because they have really good wild blackberries out here. Let's watch out for bears. Yeah, they're not gonna. No, that's true. Um, you know we, you know I realized too we never we never talked about our bear hunting film or films on the podcast at all. I was thinking about that today. Yeah, um, I thought they turned out great. Where we did those two X. Yeah, yeah, uh, they were great. Corey, what did you think? Did you ever watch them? Corey, for Corey is giving oh, us a no. look. <laughs> I'm busy with editing and and producing. And all the responsibilities of a podcast producer, so I don't get the luxury of. He got all the videos that we sent him, that ended up in the in the final video, in the final film. He got all those little ones. He watched all those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He saw the pictures. Uh, no, I thought they turned out great. I thought Ryan and Emily did a great job on the film. Yeah, it, really awesome job. Um, it captured the the struggles of a DIY hunt in an unfamiliar land i think very well and it was nice that it was successful at the end too yeah we still have to do our q a yeah uh we were going to do a q a we need to set that up for in the next couple weeks that'll be fun we did one after our wyoming antelope film aj and i got on and, and talked about it but it'll be fun with yeah that was fun that's a good time um I went out. We, with uh, with Riverside, we have the ability to get a live audience, so maybe we can get some participants from the community page. Yeah, that want to participate in that live Q and A, and record record the uh, record it as a podcast. And I think we can push it uh, as a live too from here, right? Uh, I think it connects to like. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram live, I think. Oh, yeah. That'd be something to look into. Yeah. That'd be cool. Be way easy. Yeah, so we just do, we just end up doing one, and then we can all each monitor one of the accounts for questions and then maybe get people yep. to participate. I guess people will be participating yep. if they're asking questions, but that could be a fun way to do it. Um, I don't know. We'll think about that. We'll put that in the works. Uh, dogs barking. That's okay. Dogs are allowed. Who rings the doorbell anymore? Um, so the last time I was on, hold on for a second. Keep talking. <laughs> Who rings the doorbell? People just walk in these days. Who just shows up? <laughs> right? <laughs> I got my new boat. I saw that. A bear? Yeah. It's a bear legit I've been shopping around for like two weeks around here. Um, Why? Why'd you go with the bear? What was your? What was your? Not saying it was a bad choice. Just what? Wondering your thought process. What was? What was the factor that had you pull the trigger? Well, so it it was in my budget. Um, I was looking to spend under five hundred dollars. I'm also in a very unique. Uh, position so my draw length is 29.8 so i'm literally like on the cusp of 30 which if people are avid archers they know that 30 is like a a turning point between like a standard bow and a a larger bow um which means they're more expensive which means they jump up to like seven eight hundred dollars at the bottom end so Luckily, I got under that. Um, I went to a number of stores here, and they kind of gave me some different recommendations. Um, 
the reason I chose this one was is that uh, so it has a very it can be set to a very low draw weight and it can be set to a very high draw weight, uh, which is good because if I get tired of it or I upgrade upgrade, I can pass it down to Zoe, uh, my daughter. Uh, same with the the draw length too. It had a pretty variable one. Um, uh, also, too AJ got pretty much the same model and was having good time shooting it. And I know that he's pretty thorough and doing his research. Uh, so I went off his recommendation also. And then as I went around the stores and shopped it, it was, you know, uh, like middle of my budget range, uh, between three and five. And then I was actually able to find an archery shop. I think it was on Amazon that uh that had it for sale and i really liked the one they had it was like a full kit I like the pattern i like the setup and then i uh i also used my credit card on uh via amazon which gave me a bunch of points that i had accrued so i got like a good deal nice. on it pretty much so yeah but i think this weekend well we're supposed to get our our household goods on friday but uh, if I have time on Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to take it to the shop and, and get it tuned up and buy some arrows. And We have uh, one of the lakes, the reservoirs here is like a county park, and they have uh, an archery range there that you can you can buy a pass, a yearly pass. And they just have hay bales out there, and you just go set up your target and shoot. So probably start doing that, get ready for uh, archery season. I think Ben's coming to Colorado. Uh, AJ may or may not be coming uh, as well uh, at some point. Um, to hunt the archery elk I'll probably do the over the counter archery pronghorn and then uh, bear I think as well yeah. so for for the archery pronghorn what what is your goal for an effective range with that new bow uh, I'm going to try to get comfortable shooting at like 40 I mean I shot my I shot my pronghorn buck last year at 36 yards with my with rifle. rifle so yeah yeah so if i can get within 36 yards with a rifle i could probably do it with a bow um i mean i like that aspect too uh of of the antelope hunting like i'm not big on the long range shots uh as people know if they've watched the oregon bear film <laughs> um but i like trying to get close to animals and, and getting a good shot know i'm gonna connect really well so I think that's something that intrigues me about the archery aspect is is the challenge of getting close and actually stalking the game. So, but I'm excited. I'm excited to shoot. I haven't bought a new compound bow. Actually, I've never bought a new compound bow. My grandfather bought me my first bow when I was probably 12, 11, 13 maybe, and uh, I shot it off and on growing up as a kid. Never shot a deer with it. Took it hunting maybe a handful of times, but uh, this is kind of the year where I'm taking it serious just to open up my opportunities. So, nice. Nice. Well, looking forward to seeing the results. Yeah, me too. Went to an archery shoot this past weekend, but got rained out. It seems to be a common theme around here. And it rains here every day. I don't know what you're talking cool. about. <laughs> you got to get used <laughs> well, to it. <laughs> Justin, the last time I was on, so last week, uh, I was talking about going out for Nutria, and I did. Um, yeah, yeah, I went to this local farm. Walked around for a couple hours, didn't find any, decided to check one more area before I left, and I was walking along this ditch, and there were like three big fat ones. I actually thought there were otters at first, because they were swimming around like a family of otters would, um, but then I had my little mm -hmm. binoculars, and uh, looked at them, determined that they definitely were not otters, because I would hate to do that and mistake something. Um, and then as I got closer, I think, I don't know if they saw me and started going in the water, or they were just doing that, planning on it anyway, because I was pretty well hidden. Um, and then I ended up shooting at one, and I think the water broke the BB velocity, because I was shooting shotgun with BB. And uh, I never saw it come up again. I mean, I know they can swim pretty far underwater, but it never came back up. So I don't know what happened to it. I saw huh. the other one swimming around again, uh, and then they all dove before I could get a shot on them. Um, so I don't know, but I'm going out again this weekend. I'm going to bring a 22, and that way, if it does go through the, have I was, to go through I was the water. just going to ask you have you yeah yep you have to have a shotgun or you can use a rifle. 
I I brought the shotgun. So it's on this guy's farm, and I called him, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't care, man. You don't even have to let me know. <laughs> just just show up and shoot him." Um, so I said, "So I said, cool." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I brought the shotgun because one of the guys I work with who shot the two of them in our goose hunting spot last fall, he shot him with BB. So I thought, okay, that that's perfect. Um, I'll bring that. Didn't work for me, so I think I'll bring the twenty-two, and uh, that should. Hopefully, it should work a little bit better. I saw a couple things where you have to give them a couple weeks if you hunted them before in an area, but I don't think they're uh, I don't think they're too shy like that around here. I mean, I see them crossing the road and stuff all the time. So hopefully, this weekend will be a little bit better. That's actually what just came in the mail is a uh, some ammo. I got some ammo. So yeah, nice. Yeah, they're starting nice. to have it here at the yeah. different stores. Yeah, uh, five five six, I think. Nice. Um, well, I think I'm going to have to wrap it up. Yeah, same. i got to eat at some point. Yeah, as much fun as this has been. But yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you go check out social media page, all Facebook, Instagram pages. You should be following us if you're not. That way you get all that hot, sweet information right off the press. <laughs> uh, that didn't come out right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think it came out just <laughs> yeah, I think that was that that's good to go. Alright everybody, thanks. Have a good night. <laughs>